Well, good morning. If you're one of the kids here that's just been waiting to go and have fun in the kids program this morning, feel free to run in that direction or walk politely. I don't know what type of kid you are. I was the run like a crazy kid kind of kid. But it's awesome to be at church this morning. I'm glad that you guys are here. I hope that you had an extra cup of coffee. I thankfully am reliant on my phone as my alarm clock because I did not know there was a time change until I got up and I looked out the window and I was like, it's supposed to be at least slightly a hint of daylight at six in the morning and it's pitch black. Uh-oh. Huh. Something went wrong here. But I'm here and I'm awake and I think God has a message for us this morning. I think that God has something that he wants to speak to our hearts and work in our lives. So I just want to pray before we jump into things. Lord, we're so thankful that we get to be here. We're so thankful that we get to be your family. That we get to call you our father, our friend, and also the Lord of our life. Um, it's an amazing thing to be in your presence, that you're so powerful, but you choose to be with us and work in our lives I pray as we study scripture, the words that you wrote to share who you are with us, that you would work this morning, that we would be transformed, that any words that I speak that are away from the truth of who you are would fall away, but any words that you've given to remind us of who you are, what you want to do, and the opportunities that you give us, that those would come to life. In your name, amen. It's kind of funny because I've been here for a few weeks, but Grant was wrapping up the series, and we had a great AGM last week. It was really encouraging to hear what was going on. But finally, it's my chance to get to actually say something, so I'm a little excited for that. And we're starting a series called Running, from Li- from Running to Life from Death. It's a weird phrase. I will get it backwards multiple times. I'm proud of you guys for learning the song, and I'll get it backwards. But there's a line from the song we just sang called Running to Life from Death. And to me, that's the story of Easter. To me, that's the story of what it means to participate. Not just go, oh, Easter was a nice story, but to go, that was something that God was actually inviting us into. Christ took an action, but he invites us into that. And so Easter is seeing how Christ won the victory over death so that we could run to life from death and his power. And this morning, we're going to be digging into what kind of life we're talking about. Because... If somebody's like, hey, you should run to life from death, you're like, I'm already alive, I think, right? I think pretty much all of us here, hopefully all of us here, have a pulse, we're breathing, right? So we're already alive. So what life is there to run to? And it's funny because when Christ came to earth, he came, God came to earth to live as a human for 33 years. And that human was Jesus. And he lived on earth for 33 years. And he came with one, he kept talking about one big message of saying, I have a new kind of life for you that you don't know about yet. I came to bring this to you. And the story of Easter is about his death, his burial, his resurrection back to life as the action of that new kind of life. But what was that new kind of life? That's what I'm curious about. It's kind of funny because when you talk about a new kind of life, it kind of reminds me, have you ever gone to the store and seen bottled water for like $3? Like the, like the Dasani, like and the bottle is like blue colored, so it looks better, like better water. I feel like trying to sell somebody life, it's kind of like trying to sell somebody water. Trying to be like, hey, you need a new type of life. And it's like, I have a 
spout in my house. I can go to the faucet and like fill a cup of water. I'm good. I don't need $3 water, right? And so saying, hey, I'm here. I'm God. It's fully God and fully human. And I have a new type of life for you. It's like, that's awesome that you're fully God. You're fully human. You're powerful. You're doing miracles. But what's this new type of life? I already have life. What, what could be better? And if you ever buy a bottle of like, I don't know, just most of the bottled water I buy, I'm always like, this does not taste like $3 better. But there was one time, um, it was actually the day of my wedding and we're getting ready and the, the like chef at the venue was like, hey, can I grab you anything? Can I get you a water? And I was like, sure, I'll take a bottle of water, whatever. And he shows up with one of those like little green glass bottles and it has Italian on it, it says San Pellegrino. And I don't, never, I was always laughed at people that bought San Pellegrino. And then I open it up and it feels better opening like a glass bottle and it just opens up. I take a sip and I'm like, wait, this is actually better water. Normally good water to me has no flavor. The less I taste the water, the better. I heard rumors when I was moving out to Mission about the water, but I can't taste it, so I'm happy. But the San Pellegrino, there was more flavor. There's like these new, like these minerals and stuff. I was like, oh, this actually is better water. And then there's bubbles and it's just better if there's bubbles in it. So anyways, I was like, wait, there can be better water. But San Pellegrino is like $5 a bottle, so I don't need that kind of better. I'm good, I'm good. But when we talk about this new kind of life that God brought, it's so easy to be like, I'm already alive. Like, that's nice. If it's easy, maybe I'll take you up on the offer, but why? And so this morning, as we launch into this series, I want to explore what Christ meant when he said that there's a new kind of life, what that actually looks like, and why that might actually be something that we need, something that we want. So we're going to start by looking in John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. And it's a pretty interesting conversation. Um, let's just read it together. There's this man named Nicodemus, and he was a Jewish religious leader. So he was a leader in the religion. He was probably better educated than I am, been following God longer than I have been. So he's like this religious leader, the type of person that's normally up front explaining things to people, not having things explained to him. But he was a Pharisee, and after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. And to Jesus, he said, Rabbi, which means teacher. He's like, teacher, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So he shows up to Jesus and is like, it's pretty clear that from your miracles that God is working through you. Teach me more about God. And Jesus comes back with a pretty interesting teaching. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And that sounds a little bit like a riddle, right? It should. I, it, like, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, what do you mean? He literally exclaims, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That just doesn't physically work. You don't get born again. This just doesn't physically work. Like he's thinking it through and he's like, Jesus... I don't know what you're thinking, but this doesn't work. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, a new kind of life. Humans can only, as humans, we can only reproduce human life. 
but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. It's interesting going through life because we're all pretty familiar with human life. There's ups and downs. There's challenges. There's moments that you're proud of yourself. There's moments that you're embarrassed and ashamed of yourself. And human life, we, all of us in our hearts, we know that we're created to do things that are not just survival. We know we're created to do things that aren't just get food, eat, sleep, get through life, raise children, but that there's something. And I think that comes out like when I watch a movie, you know those moments that you just like feel inside of you, you're like something comes alive as you watch a movie, as you see a human do more than just survive, but actually do something great. And sometimes that greatness is a heroic act and it's winning the game, it's winning the battle or whatever. But oftentimes that heroic act is actually going through an incredibly difficult experience And rather than being crushed by it, coming out on the other side, kinder, more joyful, more peaceful, and sharing that with those around them. And when we see that in a movie or a TV show even, or when we read a book, we go, there's something in that that we know that we're created for that same life. But then you go back to your daily life, you go back to your work, and you have moments where you're like, I feel very human right now. I had a hard day, and I have less joy, and I have less peace, and I have less kindness when I get home to my family because it's been a hard day, and I'm a human, and that's how it works. And so when Jesus came to say, I have a new type of life for you, he's saying there's a life that we all know in our spirit that we were created for the type of life in our spirit that our spirits long for, that we know that we are meant for. And maybe we even started there. Maybe in the Garden of Eden, before sin entered the picture, our spirits were fully alive in that. But now we see glimpses of it. But in our human strength, we can't live that out. And the whole of Jesus' teaching was about this new life. So I could just read the four Gospels this morning. It would only take a few hours. Um, but I want to share with you guys a highlight of what Jesus said about this new type of life. I want to just listen to, as we listen to it, I want to think about, does this sound like an internal or an external victory? Does it sound like an internal or an external victory? In Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 10, Jesus says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When I listen to this passage, it doesn't sound like the people in this passage are having external success all the time. 
external success doesn't look like having loss and having something to mourn. External success in your human life doesn't look like being persecuted for doing the right thing, being fired because you had integrity and losing your job. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like success. That doesn't sound like what we strive for in our human strength. And yet Jesus taught that you would be blessed by God in that and that he would work in that. And this new kind of life isn't, sent, isn't God saying, hey, I'm going to bless you with this new kind of life. So every job that you have, you're going to be the best at it. Every business you start is going to thrive. Every relationship with your family is going to go perfectly. And you're never going to end up in tension and conflict with your kids or even your grandkids. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say this new type of life means that you'll never have sorrow or heartbreak. It never means that those around you who are evil might actually overpower you. What well, he says that, he's, that he will bless you in those circumstances and he'll work through those circumstances. So it's not an external victory. It's an internal victory. And John, in the passage we started in John chapter 3, it said that you must be born of water and spirit. And it's a very, very obscure thing to say. Um, have you guys had anybody say anything about being born of water and spirit in the last week? Anybody heard anything about that? No, we don't walk around talking about that. We talk about, oh, are you going to the hospital? Are you doing a home birth? Are you, and people have strong opinions about that. I'm not saying anything about that. But that's what we talk about when it comes to birth. We don't talk about water and spirit. And so Jesus is like intentionally making things confusing so then it could get simpler. He was saying water and spirit and he was referencing, he had started baptizing people, which was literally saying, if you are going to be a follower of Jesus, come and go under the water and come back up again. And it was a symbol for something they didn't know what it was a symbol of yet. All they knew was that this is what you do to be, follow Jesus. And so when he, he's talking to Nicodemus, this religious teacher who had been following God for so long, but Jesus had something new to teach. He was like, you must be born of water and of spirit. They didn't know yet, but being born of water was literally the practice of baptism, which represented dying to the old human life and coming to new life in Christ, coming into this new spiritual life. And so the baptism by water was a physical symbol of what God was doing spiritually. He was saying, you must physically show what I'm spiritually doing inside you and be baptized into the Holy Spirit. And so what is this new life? And the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, we just read about what it looks like. It doesn't look like external victory. It looks like internal victory and knowing that God is going to comfort you when you mourn, that God is going to bless you when you are persecuted, that if you are humble and weak and you cannot take the land for yourself, God is going to give it to you as an inheritance. There's something going on there. So what does the spiritual life look like? It's funny because we've been trying to finish the series on Galatians for a year now. I'm not sure exactly. But there's an amazing passage in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. It says this. I put a sticky note over the top of it, so that's fun. But it says, But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. 
The Holy Spirit does not produce the fruit of wealth, of power, does not produce the fruit of success, of respect. The Holy Spirit does not produce the fruit of everybody loving you and never facing death and grief in your, and sorrow in your life or sickness. No, it doesn't give you external victory. The Holy Spirit produces a fruit inside of us of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control in every circumstance. So when we go through our human life, it's not that our human life gets easier. This new type of life is not that our life gets easier. This new type of life is that we have a life coming out of us that overpowers our external circumstances. That we have a life inside of us of love and joy and peace and kindness that not only makes it so that in every circumstance we experience a new kind of life and we can go through a hard time and come out kinder and more peaceful and more, and more joy, but that God can actually work through us to spread that into the world around us. He brought us to life that would actually pour out into our family, it would pour out into our workplace. When you have a hard day at work and you come home and in your human strength, you are done. You are toast. You don't have peace and joy and kindness for your family. That's a sign that your human life isn't enough. It's a sign that you actually need God's spirit to work in you and you need the spiritual life to come out of you. That when you come home from a day that in your human strength, you are toast. The Holy Spirit can work and bring peace and joy and kindness into your family. And when you've got one of those work situations that is so stressful and so difficult that you know that in your own strength, all you can do is grit your teeth and try not to say anything too inappropriate to your boss or the person that you're trying to deal with, that God actually has a new kind of life for you, that he wants his spirit to step in there and bring a life that we don't have in our human strength, right? Hmm. So the, the thing about this is it doesn't just happen. The thing about it is when I was writing this message, I did the human work of writing this message. I spent the hours, I know the skill set, I know how to write a message on Sunday morning. I've been doing it for a long time and every week I can preach a message. But this time God wanted to remind me of something. I put in the hours plus a little bit. I wrote in most of this message. I didn't have the message. I didn't know what God was wanting me to speak. And I knew that I could walk up here and I could say things that sound good, but they would have no power. It would just be human inspiration at best. And it came to this morning, and I'm sitting, praying, reading the Bible, um, it was funny because in the last 24 hours, God brought up different voices in my life. It was literally a podcast talking about mega pastors and their shoes because a lot of successful pastors wear nice shoes. And I'm listening to this and they're talking about their nice shoes and their nice cars. And I'm listening to it going, 
There's a struggle in my heart because in my human strength, I want to be good at being a pastor. I want to serve you, but I also want it to be about me a little bit. I want it to be for my image. I want to be a, do the hard work in my human strength to show up here in my human strength and share a word in my human strength that will change your life in a spiritual way, and that doesn't happen. All it can do is change your human life. It won't change your spiritual life. <laughs> and so as I was there with God this morning and kind of confessing what was going on in my heart and the struggle and just going, God, I got to be real with you. Like, I can't change this about me. I want what I want as a human, but I need you to work in my heart and my spirit and bring yourself to life here. Then finally, he gave me peace, and he was like, okay, here's the passage that you're missing for this message that hasn't been coming to mind. Here's the, path, the words I want to speak here, and I want to speak something to this community. And it's not going to be because you're good at it. It's because I'm God, and I bring things to life regardless of how good you are at it. So I want to challenge you in the same way. What areas of your life are you sitting in your human strength? Some of us here have never chosen to follow Jesus, have never said, God, I can't do this on my own. I actually need, like the song said, a surgeon for my heart. I need somebody to actually work in me. We've all, you've always held on to being in charge of your life. And you said, I don't need a savior. I don't need somebody. I, I'm the smartest person. I don't need a Lord of my life. So maybe you need to step back and say, this human strength isn't cutting it. I need God to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe you need to take that step. But for a lot of us, definitely me, it's been a long time that God's been the Lord and Savior of my life. And I've seen his spirit work and I've seen the power of God in my life. I've seen him do things where I'm like, in my human ability, I can't do that. But his spirit showed up. And I was a kinder person than I humanly am capable of being. I was a wiser person than I'm humanly capable of being. God gave his gifts of his spirit to me. But then at different times, things will pop up in your life. What, is there an area in your life right now that you're trying to get through it in your human strength and God's saying, no, I have a life that I came to give you. Just let me be the Lord and Savior in this area. Just let me give you new life. Just quit trying to get through this in your human strength. Whether that's that relationship with your spouse or your child or your grandchild or your parent where you keep trying. You may read books. You might do everything in your human ability to do it right and that relationship just won't come together. There just keeps being less peace and more hostility. Or that situation in your life, maybe there's a grief or there's a sorrow or there's a bitterness, there's a brokenness in your life that you're doing everything you can to get through it. Whatever that is, whether it's putting your head down, just working hard and trying to forget it, whether it's going to therapy and counseling, but there's something in your spirit that's like, I can't get this right. I'm stuck here. I can't find the healing that I need. I can't find the freedom that I know that God wants to give me. And maybe he's saying, you need my spiritual life. You can't get through this in your human life. You're not meant to be able to do this in your human life. That's why God is here with his spirit. But if there's a situation, whether it's your whole life or just a small sliver of your life that's popped up, where you're trying to get through in your human strength, I'd encourage you to consider, what if you let God take control? What if you said, God, this area, I need you to be Lord and Savior again. The situation, I need to... 
I'm going to st- keep doing what I can in my human strength because that's my responsibility, but I can't do this without your spiritual strength. Because Christ spent 33 years on earth to bring us life. And sometimes we just look at it and we're like, ah, I've got water. And he's like, no, you don't get it. I've got a different kind of water. And we say, oh, I've got life. I've got breath in my lungs, so I'm alive. And he's like, no, but you don't have spiritual life that you know that you're created for, you're called to. And that not only will come to life in you, but when we actually let God work in our spirits, when we let it come out of us, it doesn't just change you, it changes your family. It changes your coworkers. It changes your neighbor next door that you always have that passive-aggressive little conflict about. It changes their life too. God wants to bring life through that. So I'm going to invite the band back up and I'm going to close this out in prayer. But as the last worship song comes up, I just encourage you that if God's been pointing something on your heart where you know that he's offering you his life and you're not accepting it, I encourage you to consider coming to God in prayer and just saying, God, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to let you take over here. I need you. Let's pray together. God, we're here because We've known you as a father. We've known you as a friend. We've known you as the Lord of our life. And we've seen you work so powerfully. We've seen you bring comfort. We've seen you bring peace. We've seen you work in the situations where we say we're poor and we're powerless. We're humble. We can't do this on our own. We've seen you show up and work in mighty and powerful ways. We've seen you restore relationships. We've seen you bring healing to our physical bodies and to our hearts and our souls. So we just come to you this morning. We're thankful that you are the giver of real spiritual life, God. We're thankful that you're the one that can bring our spirits to life. The way that we know we need, the way that we long for. I pray that if there's anywhere that we've been sitting in pride, we've been sitting in arrogance, that you give us a heart of humility and that your spirit would come into our lives in a new way. They would submit to you and that you would be powerful, that you would bring life into our lives, but a life that just pours out, that would change our families, that would change our homes, that would change the places we work, it would change the places we live, it would change the places we go to school. We pray that you would just change the city, God. You've given this church a heart for the city, and we want to change the city, but we can't do it on our own. It's only through your spirit living in us. I pray that you would bring that life. In your name, amen.